Let's get right into it. Week five, a lot of things went down. Let's start with the Bills and Chiefs. The Bills, to me, this was a big win, winning 38-20. to Let's start with you, Slade. How impressed were you by the Bills improving to 4-1? and I loved that game by the Bills. I was so excited going into it because, you know, of course, there's the stigma of playing the Chiefs. But this year, we have found a chink in the armor, and the Bills attacked that head-on. Early, I loved the way they started running with Josh Allen. Josh Allen could hurt them in any way that they wanted to, and it did not even look like a fair fight. I mean, the Chiefs defense or Chiefs offense was able to put up some points, but really it didn't ever feel like the Chiefs were in this game to me. The Bills just dominated from start to finish. They showed incredible ability to do whatever they wanted to. Their backs, I don't even think they have super impressive running backs, but they were running all over the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs have got to figure something out. Um, this is this is turning into a, t- a tire fire real quick. Um, Patrick Mahomes feels like he's trying to, you know, uh, make it up for his life. They feel desperate right now with their scheming. I just feel like the Bills came in, did whatever they wanted to, established their culture, and knew that they were going to do whatever they wanted to to the Chiefs. Okay, great breakdown, Slade. We're going to get back to you because I, I have some more questions about Josh Allen, and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little itchy on the MVP thing, so I have a question for you a little bit later on. Austin, look, you've been doing a phenomenal job with your takes. What's your take on the Bills and Chiefs game? What was your first reaction to it? My first reaction was everybody harping on the Chiefs. You know, yes, they're two and three. Yes, they're, you know, the hype was behind them. But I think we need to slow slow it down. They've played a very tough schedule in the first five games. If you look at it from a whole NFL NFL perspective, Mahomes isn't playing too well. But if you do look at the advanced stats, you see that half of those interceptions are off the fingertips of the wide receivers. They're not actually interceptions. But I have to give credit where credit's due. The Buffalo Bills are absolutely firing up the league right now. Um, last week they steamrolled my Texans forty to zero. It was it was it was embarrassing. And then this week they went into Arrowhead, which is a hard hard place to play in, and they dismantled the Chiefs in in a primetime game, which is very very critical because young quarterbacks are usually not really good in a primetime game, no matter who the opponent is. And Josh Allen went in there and did what he needed to do. And he's just showing that he can run the ball and he can throw the ball at six foot six. It's just amazing to see the, what the Bills are doing right now. Austin, I'm trying to stay professional, but why did I not know you were a Texans fan? I I, I don't know. Maybe you told me. I, I didn't know you were a Texans fan. No, nah, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'll I'll live around. I'll live and die by them. But it's it's not looking good for us right now. But we'll get to that later. Hey hey, look. Maybe you'll get Watson back. We'll see how that plays out. And uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You feel me? That's another story, Kylan. Your thoughts on the Chiefs and Bills game last night? Uh, I just feel like it was a game that the Bills were going to win. Uh, that Kansas City defense is not very hard to beat right now. Uh, it's pretty disgusting to watch uh, what they do to Mahomes and the pressure that gets put on him after they let all these teams score 30-plus points. So then you have these forced errors with him trying to you know, have the Patrick Mahomes show. Uh, I just think that the Chiefs – I, I, my thing is that I don't see how that defense becomes better overnight with with the course of the season already started. I think that they're no longer the favorites for the AFC, and I think that the Bills are definitely one of the favorites. Uh, Josh Allen is a generational quarterback. That ability at six six, that hurdle last night was like crazy. Like how like how many quarterbacks do you know that can do that? Uh, I just think that the Bills are a great team. They got a lockdown corner, and uh, and I think his name is Tre'Davious White. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I just think that they have all the tools to get out of the AFC for sure. Absolutely. Look, we're about to go to Sean with this one, but the Bills, that, that was a team last year. Josh Allen was a quarterback who he, he, he some people liked him, some didn't. I was like, okay, I think he's going to break through. This was that game I was a little nervous about. I was like, Josh Allen, I support you, but on the road, this needs to be that. You guys need, you need to put the foot on the Chiefs' neck while they're vulnerable. Sean, glad you're back into the stream. What was your thoughts on that Chiefs Bills Sunday night football game, one of the marquee games of the weekend? Well, I believe uh, the, the Bills, they, they, they just seemed confident. They were like, we went to this, uh, you know, Arrowhead last year, the AFC Championship game. Uh, they were up 9 0 early in the first quarter, and the Chiefs just took over, you know, and they just said, you know what, we look. This is our second team. It's the second time we got, you know, Diggs and pretty much the same team as last year. We, we can win this game. And let's go out and do it. You know, the hour and 10-minute delay didn't, didn't cost anything, you know, as far as our, our, our strategy and whatnot. 
they came back. They said, no, the momentum's not switching. We're still going to score, you know, as many points as we can and, and win the game. And I was really impressed by the, the Buffalo Bills defense. You know, I know Travis Kelsey, I'm, yeah, hopefully he's, he's okay. I know he got smacked in that game late in the third quarter, you know, but it was just a physical game. It kind of seemed like a playoff type of game because, again, it, it was only, what, five to six months ago or, uh, you know, probably a little bit more that, you know, when we saw that matchup back in January. So I was really impressed by the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen, uh, you know, so far this year, he was a little up and down, um, but I think this is definitely his best game of the season. Uh, quick side story, guys. It's funny. I know you guys are probably in a fantasy as well. I had four players on Buffalo last night, and the guy I was playing. I was down 60 points. He just had Patrick Mahomes. So I was a Bills fan last night. You know, needs to say I had uh, I lost by one point. I had Josh Allen, Diggs, Dawson Knox, Moss is, uh, is my players, but I still lost by one point. All that being said, I was a Buffalo Bills fan last night, so I was really impressed by the Bills, even though I lost my fantasy game. And Sean had to plug in his fantasy team. It's all good. Look, we're still in this Bills game. Josh Allen, 15 for 26, three touchdown passes on the road, 315 yards, 11 carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Looks like mobile quarterbacks are in. Slate, I want to go back to you with, with Josh Allen. Does it seem like it's an MVP year for him? Absolutely. To me, it does. Um, right now, if I'm looking at the MVP candidate race, it feels like Josh Allen and Kyler Murray are kind of neck and neck right now, especially statistically. But whenever I look at most valuable player, I'm not sure anybody does as much for their team as Josh Allen does. I mean, if you watch that game last night, like we talked about, I'm not in love with their running backs. So they're definitely capable and definitely showed off some strength last night. But Josh Allen's ability to run the ball whenever he needs to and be a power runner and not shy away from anything – that impressed me most of all. We knew he had a cannon for an arm. We knew he could go and slice up that dicey Chiefs secondary. We knew that he was going to have a big game. But for him to not shy away from any kind of scenario and just his adaptability and ability to play in any situation, any scenario, whatever that offense needs, I feel like Josh Allen does that for his team. I mean, on the year, he's got 1,370 yards, 12 touchdowns, and two picks passing. But he's also got 188 yards rushing and two touchdowns on the ground. I mean, he is just kind of doing it all. And obviously, we know stats matter whenever it comes to the MVP race. But as far as most valuable, I'm not sure anybody else does as much for their team as Josh Allen does. Great breakdown, Slade. Guys, you could listen to this on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to sports podcasts. Austin, Slade, Kylan, and Sean, they're going to give you those great takes. Back to you, Kylan. One thing you said that, that, that caught my eye was generational talent with Josh Allen. Why do you say that? What are you seeing in this game that makes you feel that way, Kyle? It's the athletic ability at 6'6". Um, it's just not something that you say every day. It's freak. Is it freak athlete, like God-given talent. Uh, to, like Slade was like touching on, to not shy away from any contact because he's that big is, you know, that's not something that quarterbacks do. Quarterbacks don't put their, their nose in like that. You saw what happened to Daniel Jones yesterday when he tried to put his helmet down. You know, he got a concussion. I feel like I feel like Josh Allen could do that and run a corner over because he's that big. Um, and then you go back to the throwing ability, uh, Cannon. I feel like he can throw the ball from the one to the eighty at some like sometimes. You know, it's just it's just unseen. But when it comes to MVP, I have him and Kyler like neck and neck. Uh, I really can't make a decision on that right now. I feel like whoever comes out with the better record, which I think will be Arizona, should win MVP. But their stats are pretty similar. Absolutely, Kylie. We're going to talk about that with you later with Arizona. You were a big supporter of them last week. We're going to get back to that. Sean, look, me and you talk personally about these top 10 quarterback lists all the time. It, do you see Josh Allen as a generational quarterback, or are, are we? Is it, is it too soon to tell? Do you need to see more in the postseason? We know that you like to evaluate quarterbacks, not just in the regular season, but the damage they do in the postseason. Sean, is Josh Allen a generational talent? I mean, I think after the last season, he's definitely shown, shown that uh, he can be. You know, just, just like um, Colin said as well, you know, it, or I believe as well, he's a dual threat quarterback. You know, I believe 2018 he had the most – I'm not sure which year it was, or 2019 he had the most rushing touchdowns for a quarterback, even when Lamar had one off that season. I think it was 2018, I believe. But regardless, I mean, the fact that he can – he's that big and he can hurdle over guys – you know, he can he can run through you if he has to. And he has, you know, one one of knocks coming out, um, you know, in, in the NFL from Josh Allen was his accuracy. But now that you have his, you know, his accuracy is getting a lot better. Uh, he seems more confident in the pocket. And, uh, you know, he 
he uh, he has a cannon arm. I, I, it's it's like what else what else do you really want? You know, so f- for him potentially to be a generational quarterback, I definitely see it. You know, he went to the AFC Championship game last year. He's looking like what he picked up, um, you know, off from last year as well this season. So I definitely can see where he could be a generation of quarterback. I want to continue seeing one more games and, you know, possibly make that Super Bowl appearance soon. But he definitely has intangibles uh, to, to, to be that guy. Austin, look, there, there's people watching. They already got a question for you, Austin. <laughs> That's a good question, too, because mm-hmm. I will argue that Davis Mills is the <laughs> – we could say he's the best rookie quarterback so far. Maybe. <laughs> it, look, it could be an argument. You guys – there's some laughs in here. Maybe I'm tripping. How do you feel about Mills as a quarterback, Austin? I think it's a very tough situation he got thrown into. I mean, look, he's a rookie quarterback in this league. That alone is hard. Just let, let's throw out everything else. Being a rookie quarterback in the NFL is hard. Now let's add on the pressure of replacing Deshaun Watson. That's hard too. Now you're in a situation where you don't know if you're if you're going to be a starting quarterback next week. Deshaun Watson – could come back in that locker room and become a starting quarterback that next season or next game, and everybody and you'd be a backup quarterback now. So I think it's very hard. The pressure's on him. He played – I think he played pretty well in that Patriots game yesterday. It was just unfortunate. They have the best coach ever, Coach Belichick, and they just bracketed their receivers in a cover two all day. And, you know, as a rookie quarterback against Belichick, Belichick owns rookie quarterbacks when it comes to games. So it was just, you know – a very rough game yesterday, but so far he's been doing okay for what the situation is right now. But when it comes to Houston, Texas, it's going to be another three or four years. I mean, we lost our best receiver. We lost our best defensive player. Now I'm happy to, I'm happy to see them flourish in Carolina or in uh, Arizona right now. They're playing amazing ball. Both of them, JJ Watt and DeAndre Hopkins love them to death, but it's going to be a long road ahead of us for the Texans. But at the quarterback position right now, I think he's going to be a good filler quarterback until we can draft someone or maybe we can get a good trade in. A great breakdown. Look, and, and Mills, I will say this. That was a great point you brought up, Austin, with the situation. And and the Deshaun Watson thing, I'm not going to play anybody on the spot with it because that type of stuff could go either way, right? I, I don't – I don't. you feel me? You feel me? I, I'm oh, never yeah. going to go there. But with, with the situation with Mills where you go back on the bench, become a, become the starter, things like that, I think he's I think he's done a pretty good job. I'm more impressed by him and I'm a Jets fan. I'm watching Wilson and and, and I like Fields. I'm watching Fields. I'm watching Lance. I'm watching Lawrence. I like what I'm seeing out of Mills, man. I, I don't know why. Me too. I, Me too. I'm starting to become a fan. I, I think he's playing carefree. I like what I'm seeing at him. These other guys are playing a little bit tense to me. Let's talk about the Cowboys, right? Everybody got to talk about the Cowboys. Biggest fan base. Oh they defeated the Giants. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> they defeated the Giants 44-20. to They improved to 4-1. and Sean, let's talk about the Cowboys first. What's your impression on them? Are they a dangerous team? They just keep winning. Definitely. I, you know, it's – you got to give the Cowboys respect because, to, to me, this year they're balanced. Like I said last week, uh, you know, the offense looked really good in the beginning of the season, you know, before Dak got hurt, but they were still trailing games because their defense is horrible. Now that you have a healthy Dak, you know, God forbid an injury coming forward, um, you know, you fired the coach and Mike Nolan, you have a full offseason. Uh, you have Dan Quinn as an Atlanta Falcon fan. It stinks to see him over there getting their defense right. You know, they just look more confident, man. And you don't even have all your guys back, like Michael Gallup or Demarcus Lawrence. You know, who's still on injury. You know, Randy Gregory and these guys are really doing well on defense. You released Jalen Smith. It <laughs> seemed like everybody forgot he was released this past week because they, they ended up, you know, destroying, dismantling the Giants, although they were, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty nicked up yesterday. But the thing I like most about Dallas is they're really balanced. Their defense looks just as good as their offense. Trayvon Diggs has six interceptions in what, five, six games? You know what I mean? So, uh, the Cowboys really look balanced. I like to see how they do against, you know, a little bit stiffer competition, but at the same time, you can only play. You know who's in front of you, and Dak looks like he can potentially be MVP candidate as well. Tony Pollard, Zeke, Thunder, Lightning's looking really good, so I like it. And, and and Sean, let me add this to the to what you said. Look, I love cornerbacks who my my thing always with corners is this: if you can't cover, catch the ball. When the ball gets thrown to you, the, the cornerbacks in this league, there's going to be plays where you you can make an opportunity to intercept the ball, change the game, and that's what Diggs is doing. Do I think he's the best cover corner? He's still young, probably not. But at the end of the day, though, it's this. Just like Antonio Camardi, I want to compare him to him. 
he wasn't the best cover corner, but he made plays on the ball. You feel me? I, I can respect a guy like that. If I'm a defensive coordinator, and maybe my corner can't cover that well. You get an interception, you take us to the house, take us to the crib, however you want to say, that, that's going to change the game. Austin, let's go to you. How, how do you feel about Dallas's win over the Giants? And Sean, he made some great points. I also want to throw in this. I thought it would be a little bit closer because Giants division game, usually the Cowboys lose this type of game somehow, some way, but they won. I give them credit. They're four and one. Austin, your thoughts on that game. Now, Dallas is an interesting team this year because I think Zeke is finally back to his rookie year stride. I think he's finally found his legs underneath him, no pun intended. I think it's because of Tony Pollard and what he's been able to do to take the load off of Zeke. It's very hard to run every single play almost in this league. You see it with Derrick Henry. You see it with a bunch of these running backs. It's only it's only uh, it only happens a few times in every game. So it's very nice to have two good dynamic running backs. Plus Dax back, he's looking amazing. You know, I've always been skeptical of the Cowboys. I think they're overrated every year. Which again, this year I think they are still because what competition Ooh, okay. have they played? They've played the Giants. They looked pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. I'm with you, Jansen. I thought it'd be a closer game. I thought Daniel Jones would have played better, but. That's the Giants for you. I'm not surprised. It's a New York team. You know, I'm not surprised about New York. But they did play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They didn't look too well in that in that game. So I would like to see better play against better competition. But again, they have not, they don't have control over their schedule. They play who the, is in front of them. And I think Dak's playing amazing this year. I think he is in the MVP conversation right now just because he has revived this Dallas Cowboys team to a four and one record. And they're looking really dangerous this year. I'm not even going to lie. As a Texans fan, I am scared on the Cowboys this year. And and look, you guys got so many teams in 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 that state. And look, Dallas, they're looking good so far. And it, it, one thing I need to know, and it's a little bit random, is Danny Dimes. Why why do they call Daniel Jones that? But whatever, man. What do y'all explain that to me a little bit later on? Let me let me get back on topic. Slade, your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys, they're four and one, most popular team in the country. So they get all the media attention. Are they a real contender, though? Are they a dangerous team? Do we need to worry about them, Slade? I really like the Cowboys, and that's hard for me to say. Um, but I, I really like the Cowboys this year. I think they are so complimentary of a football team. They play really well together. That offense averaging 34 points a game right now, and that gives the perfect opportunity to your defense. Again, their defense is playing pretty great right now, but they are a very opportunistic defense. They take very good advantage of the, you know, turnovers that they can create and give the ball back to your offense and steal possessions away. That's what Dallas has been missing in these past few years. I mean, it's just been a shootout for Dak and that dynamic offense to try to keep up with every game. But now they have a defense who can steal back a few possessions for them each and every game. And I think that is so great because, um, you know, they're, they're not going to be a perfect defense. They're not going to, you know, shut a team down completely, but they're going to steal possessions away. And that is perfect for Dak in that offense. They are playing with house money on that defense because they know they can count on those dynamic players on the offensive side. I think they are definitely going to be in the run late in the year. Great breakdown, Slade. Kylan, let's go to you. Your thoughts on Dak Prescott and this Dallas Cowboys team right now. They're four and one. What's your reaction to the win over the Giants, and what do you think is going to happen in the future with them? All right, so I just want to say that I'm a Patriot fan. And for the Cowboys to be called America's team after not winning in almost 30 years is very <laughs> disappointing. <laughs> <Isn't it laughs> Kyle okay. had to address that today. The Patriots, he had to address it. <laughs> the Patriots are America's team, all right? I'm going to go from here. <laughs> but I think what makes the Cowboys really dynamic this year is Trayvon Diggs becoming – elite overnight it seems like uh you know six picks in six games uh like austin touched on uh zeke is back to all pro form uh i i think that he isn't a four down back and they finally got somebody to take the load off as he was saying and it's just it brought new life to his career uh people were calling him washed before the season started mm -hmm. and calling him out of out of shape and i he's he, he's looking like a top three running back this year um and i just think that Dak has always been a quarterback where I really couldn't tell if he was elite or if he was, you know, middle of the pack. But this year he's showing he's elite. 
and he's definitely an MVP candidate in my book. Great breakdown, Kylan. Here's my thing on, on Dak Prescott and Sean and other people around me. They used to tell me about Dak. I didn't believe in Dak. I used to call him Dick and Dung Dak. I, I used to make fun of him a little bit. But I'll say this, man. One thing I like about Dak Prescott is when he got his money, he elevated his game. I think Dak realizes that in the next four years, you guys quote me on this, bringing the video up, next four years span, he knows, regardless of the situation in Dallas, he needs to bring them a championship. Is it completely fair for me to say that? No, because it's more than just a quarterback league. But the way the game is marketed now, it's all on deck. So regardless of that defense, that pass rush keeps showing up, Diggs and other guys, they create turnovers. Dan Quinn, whatever he's scheming up, if he's still scheming things up or guys are just making plays on their own, Dak Prescott needs to bring the Dallas Cowboys a championship in the next four years. I think that that's, that's, that's pretty fair to say. With that contract – with all the attention they get. And, Colin, you made a great point. Patriots being America's team, probably, yeah, maybe Tom Brady's America's <laughs> team, <laughs> the way he's playing. But but I feel you on that. You guys probably aren't starving for rings anytime soon. But I think, on a serious note, Dak Prescott needs to deliver a championship or there's going to be, excuse my language, a lot of hell in Dallas, just knowing their fan base. Let's talk about the Chargers versus Browns. This game was amazing, guys. Back and Crazy. forth. And the Chargers won 47-42. to 42. Let's start with you, Sean. What's your takeaway from that game, Justin Herbert? He's like the man. He's trending up. No sophomore slump for him so far. Sean, what's your thoughts on that big game? No, no, it, it was a great game, and it's funny because you know that was a four four or five game. So, so I'm watching, I'm watching Cowboys and Giants. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to watch uh, the 49ers and Car and, and uh, Cardinals. And I'm like, wait a minute, this this is a shootout over here. And then SoFi Stadium, and you just see it going back and forth. You know, Justin Herbert, honestly, I think he should be be an MVP race as well. You know, he hasn't he hasn't slouched at all. Um, I, I believe they are correct me from are they are they th three and two or four and one. You guys know about it. They're four and one. They're four and one. Right, right. So, so, and, you know, a lot of people coming into this season, I mean, we, we, you know, with Anthony Lynn last year, they had a lot of close games. You know, a lot of people called them um, the uh, AFC, AFC Atlanta Falcons. You know, you know, they just find ways to choke away games. But this year, they're finding a way to win games. You know what I mean? And Justin Herbert looks, he looks poised, like you said, Jansen. You know, they, uh, he, he, um, again, he's, he's been playing well. And, uh, you know, they're four and one. And I just, it's it's pretty it's it's neat to see because you know this is this is a team coming into the year that people knew you know he was a rookie the rookie of the year last year he had you know he broke all all the rookie records but you know is his team good enough it's still going to be the Chiefs division you know the Raiders with John Gruden they might have something to say but they lost two in a row uh, the Chargers beat them on Monday night but you know I, I think for yesterday it just showed that you know what and no matter no matter you know where the chips lie I mean you know uh, the head coach believes in uh, Justin Herbert and this team and Mike Williams Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler, they have explosive offense. So, you know, it was really cool to see. It wasn't really highlighted as one of the bigger games of the, of the weekend, but it was, it, was, it was good to see an old-fashioned shootout. And, and uh, the Chargers are serious, so that's what I took away from it. Absolutely. And, and, Sean, I will say this, man. And, and there's something about the Cowboys that they always, even when it's – like, it's the Giants. There's always something that gets your attention with them. But that was the main game I was watching. I was like, wow. Even Baker, he made some big plays. But Justin Herbert, man, I was like, I'm starting to sip the Kool-Aid. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm too much on the bandwagon, but he he smells like Peyton Manning to me. And when I mean Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning wasn't athletic, but I'm talking about that brain. I like the way he could sit there, dissect the defense. I think he's going to be one of those pointing guys. He's the mic. He's doing this. He's doing this. We're changing the plays up. Herbert looks like that guy. And, and to Kylan's credit, Murray, and even you, Sean, I wasn't sold at first. Murray's growing the hell up. I'm starting to feel that way about Murray as well, too. Justin Herbert and Murray, I'm starting to sip that Kool-Aid. But let's move to Austin. Your thoughts, your thoughts on what's going on right now. What is your thoughts on this? What a what a team this year they are. They went to Kansas City and won. That's that's a feat on itself. And then on Monday Night Football, they showed up against a really good Raiders team, which the Raiders, 
they they like to get they like to get a lot of crap lately. But they're a very good team. John Gruden's a very good head coach. I'm a big fan of John Gruden. I'm a student of the game, and I love him and I love what he's done with the Vegas Raiders. So if they they went into Kansas City and they went to Oakland and both won, and now a shootout against the Browns. And now the Browns defense is legit this year. They they are pretty good in the AFC, and they scored they hung 47 points on them. Now, what's concerning is allowing 42 points to a Baker Mayfield-led offense. I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan. I don't think he's going to pan out in this league. Um, and them hanging 42 points on him is a concerning thing to me. But the Chargers are a legit team this year. He's playing amazing. Justin Herbert, that is. MVP race discussion. But I think the most underrated player in the NFL this year is Austin Eckler. What he has been able to do, catching the ball and running the ball, you have to be a receiver back in this football league or you're not going to make it this in this football league. It, it's you, Derrick Henry is the only one I can think of that can just <laughs> run up and down the field and still be good in this league. You got to be able to catch the ball from a quarterback. And I think he does it better than anyone in the league, in my opinion. I think he can catch the ball. He can plant. He can get yards after a catch. And this team is going to be definitely an AFC power. In years to come, but this year, I think this year is their year to go to the AFC Championship, if not go to the Super Bowl. Oliver, go to you. You're shaking head a little bit, but Austin, you're right about that. Why do I keep overlooking Eckler? I don't know why. Why can't I? I need to start because he's not a big name. He's not a big name guy. He's not Zeke. He's not Henry. He's not Saquon. You know, he's not a big guy, big name guy. So we don't look at him. But if you look at his numbers, he's on my fantasy team, by the way, and I love it. 35 points a game for him. I love it. But if you look at his numbers, he's up there with all these running backs this year with numbers, with yards after catch, with touchdowns. He's just not a big-name guy. He, he he came from a – you know, he came out of college, wasn't really a big name, and now he's making an impact, and I think he's the most underrated player this year so far. Look, Austin, we're going to need gonna need on the fantasy on the squad. Fantasy. Podcast, podcast. Yeah. But let, let's, go, let's, go, let's go to you, Slate. What's your thoughts on the Chargers' victory over the Browns? I mean, obviously, you got to fall in love with Justin Herbert after that game. But also, I really did like the way Baker played after that game. I mean, I feel like in the weeks before, um, everybody was kind of coming for his head and kind of, you know, after his beautiful performance with that offense the week before, he showed up and showed out in this game and made it a game with an all-star quarterback in Justin Herbert. And I love the trust that the Chargers had in Justin Herbert and Brandon Staley showing that trust in him, going for it on fourth down four different times, fourth and two in their own territory, fourth and seven, fourth and four, fourth and eight. Who else has that much trust in their quarterback to give them the keys right there and say, look, we know we're fine. Our defense can handle it, but if not, go get that first down, which their defense couldn't handle at that game. So they knew they were playing with house money and needing Justin Herbert to go get that first down. And Justin Herbert answered the call every single time. They are incredible over there. That uh, offense is looking incredible. But Justin Herbert, he is the man. He is showing up. I felt bad for Baker Mayfield. I couldn't believe that they took the ball out of his hands. Third and nine, they ran the ball with three minutes left. I couldn't believe they didn't trust Baker Mayfield after the game he was having. Maybe that's telling for both coaches and the trust. And, you know, they see him week in and week out. They see him in practice. Maybe both coaches are at different trust levels with those quarterbacks because Brandon Staley was more than ready to give the keys to Justin Herbert and live and die by Justin Herbert. Kevin Stefanski was not feeling that way about Baker Mayfield. Oh, okay, Slade. You're kind of opening things up with that. Kylan, your thoughts on Justin Herbert, the Chargers. Is the oh, Do we need to start sipping the Kool-Aid? Is he top five quarterback, or are you still looking at him like, hold on, guys, let's wait till – and Sean kind of alluded to this earlier. We were talking, sending messages back and forth. He was like, hold on, Jansen. Wait a little bit before you start putting Herbert on these top five lists and stuff. Kylan, your thoughts on the Chargers' big victory and Herbert. All right, so Austin, you said that – I want to touch on this first. Austin, you said that uh, Eckler, you think he's the best uh, running catch running back in the league. And I know that it's a what have you done for me lately league, but I don't think that he's better than Alvin Kamara whatsoever. Hmm. I don't think so. But moving on. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Moving on, uh, last Monday night uh, when the Chargers played the Raiders uh, during the delay, 
Adam Schefter said that he thinks that uh, Justin Herbert is going to be a first battle Hall of Famer. And when he said it, like, my jaw dropped. I was like, I can't believe he said that, like, this early in his career. You know, it's his sophomore year. But like you guys said, I was la- yesterday I was like, all right. <sighs> I see it, man. You know, when he, when he beat Mahomes, everybody was comparing him to Mahomes, and I wasn't feeling that whatsoever. But that poise in your second year and just allowing him to run the offense the way that he does and have and, – have the and, and you know be given the keys like Slade said, uh, it's, it's it's telling as to how they believe in him and and what he means to the organization because um, I honestly think that he should definitely be in the MVP conversation. Also, um, he's great after that performance yesterday. He's great, but I will say that they didn't deserve to win that game. The refs handed them that one. AJ Green got got called True. a terrible pass True. interference. He got called for a terrible pass interference on fourth down. I couldn't believe it. Uh, they were really handy that game. I really, th- I really thought the Browns were going to come out of that one successful. And I'm definitely not sipping that top five Kool-Aid. Not yet. Look, let me say this, guys. And, and, and this Gruden thing is always a thing with me. I know, Austin, you're a big John Gruden fan. And I don't want to question you on that. You said what you had to say on that. And I know I didn't send these questions and stuff. But Slade... I want to talk to Slade, Sean, and Kylan about this. Quick thoughts on John Gruden. He got the 10-year deal, won the championship with Tampa Bay, was coach of Oakland before. Look, do, do you believe Slade in John Gruden and the process of how he's bringing along the Raiders? I could not believe he got that 10-year deal right away. I mean, just showing that much faith in a guy who hadn't coached in a few years and just already saying this is going to be our guy for the next 10 years. I could not believe that, but that's also telling you how much they're going to invest into this guy and how much they're going to trust in this guy. So I agree that the Raiders might hold on to him longer than, you know, another franchise would. Um, but also I think he's doing great things this year. I mean, they're falling again to three and two. I think by the end of the year, we're going to know quite a bit more. Um, would they have fired him already? I don't know. That's a tough division and you got to face the chiefs twice. And now the chargers again, twice. And, um, so that, that's a tough division to be in, and the Raiders, you know, moving cities and, you know, didn't have a great roster, not a great defense for sure. That defense is kind of looking like it's starting to pick it up. Um, but as far as John Gruden goes, um, I think he does have a limited lifespan if he doesn't, you know, show some kind of life in revamping of that whole team. Um, because, you know, they haven't made a big contention for that division. And I think you kind of need to show some kind of life or some kind of contention in order to keep your job in the NFL. Um, it's not okay to be mediocre whenever you're looking over at how fast the Chargers were able to turn it over and the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Um, everybody knows it's doable, and Las Vegas is a very high-powered, high-energy city, and they want to win now, and I think that's going to have an influence too. Great breakdown, Slade. Dave, appreciate the comments. He's the one throwing all these questions out there and stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay. It's hitting my brain with that. Got to ask these guys these questions. Sean, how do you feel about it? You're always great with the impersonations of John Gruden. And- <laughs> Love <laughs> Gruden calls himself the quarterback guru, and some people are really high on Derek Carr. Other people are like, "Are you kidding me? Derek Carr is not a great quarterback." Look, John Gruden. Do, do you believe in him long term? Does he need to get these teams to the playoffs, Sean? What does Gruden need to do? And let me tell you something real quick, man. I like John Gruden's persona, right? No, I, I like John Gruden's persona. More than I do the coach, to be honest. Uh, I think I think he's a fiery coach. One of those, you know, I grew up uh, seeing John Gruden, Tampa Bay Buccaneer days, and things like that. And you know, it, um, um, like like Slate said, you, you know, him being out ten years, and him being out ten years, Monday Night Football broadcaster did very well that. But to get a ten year contract, it's kind of like why. But then I think of relationships. You know, he's a coach for the Oakland Raiders. You know, got them to the playoffs against Brady. Um, back in 2001, when Brady really went on the map, when he lost in that divisional game, the Tuck rules started the whole Brady thing. Then he went to the Super Bowl, won it with with uh, the the Bucks, even though that was even though that was mostly Tony Dungy's team at that time. But when I look at John Gruden, you know, I, I feel like honestly, this year might it's a ten year contract, but we understand NFL is a business. You know, you could be you can be going way before that before that lifetime contract. So I think with everything unfortunately ha- happened happened with the controversy right now, you know, and with John, John Gruden this past week. If he doesn't get the Raiders to the playoffs, I could I could see them possibly departing, you know, departing from them only because, like I said, the controversy. You've been there about four years. If you don't make the playoffs, you get an extra game this year. It's seven teams now, and you know, from from each conference making it, and you start off three and zero. 
I can see the Raiders trying, trying to, trying, trying to go away from it because you know it'd be four or five years he'll be there, no playoff success. Derek Carr looks like he is getting better, and I know he's a quarterback guy. But if you don't get to the, the playoffs this year, I think uh, I'm, I just say I want to be surprised if the Raiders part ways with him. But I do again. I like his persona. Hopefully, hopefully the Raiders make some type of noise because I like the fans too. But yeah, that's how I feel. Kylan, do do you agree with Sean that there's a lot of pressure on Gruden and he needs to get this team to the playoffs this year to potentially keep the yeah, job? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, I don't think that they'll part ways with him this season or the next season. I think he has you know at least three years just because of the contract that they gave him. But uh, he's been an NFL coach for 14 years and only made the playoffs four times. If that doesn't spell out uh, mediocrity, I don't know what else does. Uh, I think the contract was a terrible decision. I wouldn't. I, why would you sign anybody for that long? Um, I I just feel like the Raiders are very middle of the pack team. Uh, nothing sticks out about them except Derek Carr when he has these elite performances sometimes, and then goes back to being a deer uh, in headlights. So it's just uh, I think they're in a tough situation where a lot of things have to click for them to for them to become great. And Henry Ruggs is one of them. I just don't think that he's taken the steps that he needs to take to become the elite, uh, the elite receiver that they need. I do love Darren Waller though. Yeah, absolutely. He, he's having a really good year and, and the fantasy guys, they, they, they probably could attest to that. He's probably doing well in fantasy. I didn't play this year with Sean, but it, it's all good. Maybe next year. I'm, I'm not a great fantasy player, but let's move <laughs> on to the Cardinals and Kylan. I want to go back to you with this one because you were always a believer of the Cardinals. They're five and zero. Kyler Murray, he's looking comfortable in this offense. And it's looking like a great decision that the Cardinals have made. The Cardinals, it's the NFC West. And I give them a lot of credit, too. Look, toughest division. They're getting division games. That If you can survive and win that division, it kind of feels like you might be going to the Super Bowl. That's how I'm feeling. Kyler, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals' 5-0 and start? Okay, so they're 5-0 and right now. And I took a look at their schedule. And I don't think that they play a formidable opponent opponent until week 16 against the Cowboys. Uh, I think that they're that they're that good. Wow. I think that they're a shoo-in for the Super Bowl this year. I don't wow. I think that I think that win over the Rams was very big for them. Uh it was great for Kyler Murray's confidence because he had never beaten them before. Uh defense is elite. You have JJ Watt, um DeAndre Hopkins, top five corner in the league. It's like what else could you want out of a team? Um, Cliff Kingsbury has really turned them around. Wow. Austin, you reacted to Kylan when he said that this team won't get tested till week 16. And he, he said the Super Bowl ready. Kylan's not playing no games. He said the Super Bowl ready. Austin, your thoughts on this Arizona Cardinals team? They're 5-0. and Do you believe in them? Everyone does it every year. As long as Tom Brady is in the league, he needs to be feared. And I know – and look, first off, I'm going to say this. 5-0 Cardinals, they've played a kind of difficult schedule for the first five, five games. If you look at it, with that division, they beat the Rams. They beat the, the 49ers, which a 49ers team is really good. Their defense is very, very good. So for Kyler Murray to do what he's done in these last five weeks, he's up there at the top of the MVP ladder. But is it a for sure lock – that they're coming out of the NFC yet? No, it is not. Because you still have TB12 and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they're they're still playing really good football. And then I think everyone just sits back and forgets this guy named Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. That's just, you know, he's a winning machine. Now, is he is he playing exceptionally well this year? No, he's playing pretty mediocre, but he knows how to win. And Kyler Murray has been very mediocre in the past couple of years. Now, this year, he's playing absolutely amazing football. That team – what Cliff Kingberry is, has done, as I think what he's done is shown that, hey, I got some veteran guys in here with DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, some veteran guys come into the locker room and show some leadership of, hey, J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins have been in those big playoff moments back when the Texans were good, way back when. But still, they've been in those big moments before. And the addition of those two, it's not just on the field. I think in the locker room, too. This Cardinals group is coming together as a team, and they're winning ball games that last year they'd probably lose. So I think this year they're going to be, you know, I think I think they're on the undefeated watch. Like you said, I've, I looked at their schedule too. 
I don't see a good opponent until the Cowboys in Week 16 as well. I agree with him. So they are on undefeated watch this year. Now a lot of those teams they'll lose. You know they'll take out their starters Week 17 just so they can you know rest them. But Cardinals are very scary to look for. But a lock out of the NFC, no. When you got Green Bay, when you got Tampa Bay playing like they are, I don't think it's a lock yet. But they're playing exceptionally well. I'm not gonna lie, you guys guys opened me up a little bit. Kyle, Kyle and Austin are talking about it smells like undefeated talk a little bit. That's what it smells like a little bit, what you guys are saying. Slade, comment on this. Do you believe in the Cardinals? They're five and zero right now. Apparently that schedule is looking soft until the Cowboys, according to Austin and Kylan. What are your thoughts on it, man? Maybe I'm just a paranoid Cardinals fan, but I'm not even riding off next week as a W. They're playing the Browns. The Browns have a solid team. They have a solid defense just like they saw this week. Okay, what I loved most about this week's game, though, was the way they could win differently. It was a gritty win this time, and the defense won the game. The defense was the story, and that was what I loved most. Um, it wasn't another you know 30-plus point game where your offense just runs away from everybody and your defense holds their ground. That pass rush was getting after. Now it's rookie quarterback Trey Lance. And he was kind of running for his life. They had a lot of design runs for him, which I thought worked very well. And I think that's something that the Cardinals are going to patch up. But one of the biggest uh, things that came away was Kyler Murray was able to win it without his starting center, his starting left tackle, and his starting tight end, who all went out during the game. Sadly, they probably lost Max Williams for the rest of the season, the tight end. He was a big part of that offense. I think that's going to hurt a little bit of their scheme, but I'm sure Cliff Kingsbury, offensive guru, uh, should be able to figure it out, but that starting center, they have said that he could be the MVP of their offense. It's just kind of one, one of those unseen things because we don't watch O-line uh, very often. But losing your left tackle and your center is hard enough to overcome as is. And it was a gritty win where they had to go and get points and hold their own on defense, and they did just that. I think if you're going to be one of the top teams in the NFL, you have to be able to win in different ways. And now that the Cardinals have shown that they can win in more than just one way, that is a huge boost for their confidence and a huge confidence for me as a fan. Um, I'm feeling a little bit better, but I'm not counting this as an undefeated season until we play the Cowboys at all. I mean, we still have the Rams in our own division. I don't think the Seahawks, if they can ever figure anything out with that defense, I think Russell Wilson is still a scary guy that you have to play twice. Uh, the 49ers gave you their best shot with Trey Lance in his very first start. Um, this is I mean, I still think it's a brutal schedule. Um, and I, I think that, you know, the Cardinals, if they can keep that consistency and keep that 1-0 and mentality each and every week uh, like they claim to be, I think it's going to be a good season. Look, Slade is like the most honest Cardinals fan. I look in the Cardinal groups on Facebook. They're going crazy right now. They are cocky right now. They're bringing it all out. They're like, yeah, man. Yeah, it's Kyler Murray time. Slade is like, hold on one second. Well, I think also these ne these next few weeks are going to be very telling as they start to kind of deal with injuries. I love the way their defense was able to elevate the whole team, but um, Kyler Murray is definitely going to have a big test coming up with these injuries coming to his team, losing your star tight end who is having a great year so far. Let's see how they respond with injuries and adversity. Absolutely. Like, I would like to add one thing. Game to watch. I'm looking at schedule right now. Thursday night football, Packers go to Arizona and play in Arizona. I think that's the game to watch this year. Because if the Cardinals can beat the Packers in their own home and beat Dan Rodgers, then I think the, 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 the coast is clear from there. Absolutely. Well, shoot, you, I didn't even know that game was on the schedule. The, the way Austin and Kyler were talking, it's like, shoot, they, they're going to wipe through everybody until <laughs> – but, but, Sean, let's end with you on this. And and I see smiles and, and, and laughs here and there. Your thoughts on 5-0 Arizona. Break this team down right now and, and what you see happening in the future. No, no, definitely. You know, and I remember um, last season, last season I said halfway through, I, I can see this team possibly possibly, uh, possibly win a Super Bowl within the next two years because I just seen the growth of Kyler Murray from year one to year two. You know, obviously here now in year three, and, and uh, he just looks more comfortable. You know, Cliff Kingsbury – uh, coming from college, you know, he's, he's starting to adapt to the NFL as well, unlike <clears throat> Urban Meyer. But, but you know, you know, you know, with the Cardinals, again, uh, Slay hit around the head. Um, yeah, you still got to take it week by week because they started off strong last year, although, although they weren't 5-0, and you know, um, injuries start happening. But, hey, this is the best division, and I'm, I pretty much we, – we pretty much all can agree, you know, and division games are usually tight, no matter if you got injuries or not. You know, um, San Francisco 49ers didn't have Jimmy G starring yesterday, but Trey Lance, he played decent. He got beat up a lot. He tried, he tried to get 
he tried the truck as well. You know, you know, he has a little bit more meat on his bones than Daniel Jones, and it still didn't work. You know, it didn't work out, and that's that. That ultimately could have been a game yesterday when 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 they played against Arizona. Um, you know, so but but it was. I, I it was good to see Arizona won it in a different way, like Slade said. It was a low scoring game. Was it seventeen to seven? I believe. You know, DeAndre Hopkins ended up selling the deal uh, late in the fourth quarter. But you know, those are the type of dog fights you're gonna have. Those are the type of dog fights in the division games. You know, we don't. I'm not sure when they face Seattle. I know they didn't face Seattle once yet. So, you know, they might face them um, at least the second time. By, by the time they face them the second time, Russell Wilson should be back, I believe, you know, if he's, if he's healthy by that time. But, again, division games with the best division, I don't see them going 17-0. Me personally, you know, it's, it's like uh, Austin said, they got Green Bay. I'm not sure when they play them which week, but they got Green Bay. They, they still got the Rams, Seattle twice. And, hey, let's – we still can't forget about the Rams. I know they got blown out by Arizona, but hey, things happen. You know, Sean McVay. I'm sure he's gonna he's gonna make adjustments, and the second time around, it won't be like that. But as far as them being um, a legit team, and, and are they the best team in the NFL? I don't know yet, but they're definitely. I, I definitely believe they're a top two or top three team in the NFL because they really, you know, they're the only undefeated team, and uh, they're finding ways to win games. So I'm a believer in the Cardinals, but I don't want to crown them as, as being the best team just yet. I want to see a little bit more. Sean, look, I got a, I got a question for you personally. Russell Wilson, Seattle. Look, man, excuse my language. What the hell is going on with y'all, man? I, I thought Seattle yeah. would be a little bit better. What's, guys, excuse my language. I just have to ask Sean. What, what's it's for you? What is going on with Seattle? That's like unofficially your team. What's going on, man? I'm a Falcons fan. Russ is my favorite quarterback. So Seattle sounds technically my second team. I'll say this real quick. Seattle, I mean, it's the defense. I think the defense is really the defense. Uh, they haven't had time of possession a lot of times. It was a close game against the Rams before Russell got hurt, although Geno did pretty well when he came in. But I think it's it's the defense, and uh, they're not having the ball long enough. You know, Russell Wilson, I still think he's an elite quarterback. To me, I have him ranked three or four, definitely in the top five, though. Um, I've been a big fan of his since his rookie season, but I really think it's the defense, man. I mean, they – they just let big plays happen. You got superstars on your team, but this isn't basketball. You know, it takes a team effort. You can have great players on each side of the ball, but if, if it's not being cohesive and you're not having that chemistry, then things like that happen. You know, Matthew Stafford found a way to win on Thursday night. Um, and again, Russ being injured, it's, I don't think it's going to bode well for Seattle, you know, going down the stretch, but I think they'll find a few games to win. I don't think Geno's terrible, but uh, I really think with Seattle, their, their issue is just – you know, uh, it's, it's really the defense and not having control of the ball, you know, as often and trying to find more of a run game. You know, Chris Carson as well, he's been hurt. Alex Collins has, has look, been, been looking pretty good as well. But uh, it's just about, I, you know, I keep saying the same thing, time, possession, and defense. I think that's the biggest the biggest thing with Seattle right now. Absolutely. Look, guys, everybody can hear. Everybody's breaking things down great. Look, nobody talks about running backs. I grew up loving running backs and stuff like that. Let's talk about Derrick Henry. And there were some people who thought maybe with Arthur Smith left and became the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, maybe his production would slow down. I'm not a believer in that. I personally think, look, Derrick Henry, he's one of those guys, if I'm a defender, I'm thinking twice about even trying to tackle him. He's going to either run me over or take that arm and throw me across the field. That's how I feel about Derrick Henry. Look, 640 yards rushing. Seven touchdowns, 14 receptions on the year. Slade, let's start with you on Derrick Henry. How impressed are you by him this season? There's a new play calling. He rushed for 2K last year in a pass-happy league. Everybody, a lot of teams want their quarterback to throw 50 times a game. I don't know why that is with some teams, especially if you have a rookie or second-year quarterback. Not everybody could do that. But Slade. How do you feel about Derrick Henry and his production this year? Well, all those stats that you just listed, he's number one in all of those for rushing. Um, I think if you want to talk about how impressive Derrick Henry is, just talk about how unimpressive the passing game has been in comparison to what we thought they would be. You know, they had Julio Jones been out the past two weeks. Uh, A.J. Brown has not had that blowout game this season. I mean, their passing game has really been struggling. And so you know what they're going to do to you going in. Austin was saying earlier, Derrick Henry is one of the only guys who can get the ball and still dominate, even though we know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to run between the tackles and just simply run you over. That is so impressive. Whenever you can tell a team what you're going to do and still have success doing it, he is just another level. I mean, he's probably already a Hall of Fame lock. He is 
just an unbelievable talent and just unbelievable power. He's a fridge with legs. I mean, he's just running over people, just a massive guy. I mean, he is as talented as you can have as a running back. I would love to have him on my team, but I would hate being a DB in that secondary whenever he's running at me. Absolutely. And Josh Norman, he should, I want him on the show one day. He could, he could talk about that because I, it was ugly. What happened to him last year? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Seeing that play, I'm like, sheesh, I can watch it a hundred times and be entertained. Austin, your thoughts on Derrick Henry. He's still dominating the league. He's still a beast. Your thoughts on him so far this year. I mean, Slade hit it on the nail. I mean, you know, when you give Derrick Henry the ball, he's getting five yards to carry. I mean, he's averaging 4.5 yards to carry this year. And you know what he's going to do, and he still does it. And that's why – that's what I love him so much about him is, that like like Slade was saying, the passing game is not there. I mean, it's just not there. Tannehill's not doing a good job this year. Their two good receivers are not playing good. You know, Julio's been out a couple of games. But a real test is this week they play the Bills, which is going to be a very good game. It's in Nashville. And I think the Bills are an upset alert because if they can just control the clock and can run with Derrick Henry – Josh Allen can't score if he's on the bench. And so I think this week you will see the utilization of Derrick Henry the most. I mean, I I, I think he's going to get 25 to 30 carries this week. And that's I'm not that's not exaggerating. I think they got to be able to control the clock. But with Derrick Henry, that's what you can do. And you can still be productive offense with him. And with the running back, because I'm I'm an old, I was a tight end, so I claim to be an alignment myself. You gotta you, we gotta give some credit to that O-line. When they are running the ball, the O-line pushes them back, and it is scary. Derrick Henry would not be efficient if there wasn't for a good O-line. Now, like me and Slade were saying, they're just, their passing game is not it. And in this league, you got to have a passing game if you want to be semi-successful in this league. But what Derrick Henry has been doing, four and, a half carry, four and a half yards per carry, and he's leading the league in rushing, which no surprise. You know, He's going to win the rushing title, no surprise. He is the new age Jim Brown. Ooh. Way back when, and he wow. is he is new <laughs> and it's beautiful to watch. Hall of Fame lock. I just wish he was on a better team. Honestly, is the only thing. Look, 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 also, I didn't expect you to say that. He said Jim Brown. Yeah. He really yes, he's, some, he's some greatness he, in the building. And sure, we're gonna get to you because you played running back, so you know about these running backs. Kylan, I seen you react to the Jim Brown comments. Your thoughts on Derrick Henry and, and shoot, who do you compare him to? That's that, it's it's so crazy that he said that because I really was gonna say it's like the first time I ever seen like Walter Payton highlights. He's literally yep. just better than everybody. There's nothing you can do. He's too fast, he's too strong, he's too big. It's you know, it's like a it's like a, a man child, you know, like he's, he's a he's a man amongst boys. He's and huge. these are professional athletes. He's huge, you know, like it, it just doesn't make sense. But I think the I think that one of the biggest things that we can take away from his career so far is the durability with the amount of touches that he receives a game. Oh yeah, you know, like I think that that might I think that that might be the thing that I look at the most with him. Uh, over the last four weeks, he's had over 100 yards in each game. But I think the durability really speaks volumes of how he takes care of his body and the training that he puts in in the off season. Um, he's going to go down as the best back in the of the 2020s, I should say. Absolutely great breakdown, Kylan. Sean, you. Look, we're, we're hearing Jim Brown comparisons with Derrick Henry. You played running back in high school and college. Heck of a player. How do you feel about how Derrick Henry is playing right now? And what running back does he remind you of? Yeah, no, no, definitely. Uh, Derrick, Derrick Henry looks – I mean, he's definitely been the best running back, undisputedly, uh, I believe, in the last three seasons, the last three years. You know, um, running for – I thought he ran for 2K twice, honestly. But, um, yeah, I – I believe honestly this year with the extra game and even if it was the 16 games, he has a he has a chance to set the all time the all time rushing record. I believe it's two thousand one hundred and six yards by Eric Dickerson. So I mean he, he, right. The, the the fact the fact that he already has more uh he has six hundred and forty two rushing yards in five games, that's not even six games, like he can get to a thousand with week eight potentially. And when we and we know he likes to get the 200, the 200 yard games, you know, at least uh, once or twice a season, especially against Jacksonville. He destroys Jacksonville every time. And they, they, they I believe they only played them once so far. Well, it was just this past game. So, um, Derrick Henry, I mean, he's, he's definitely the best back. I mean, the, you know, to, to be, uh, have, 
have the combination of speed and power. Um, he, he really is a Tennessee Titans, you know, and, and it is kind of unfortunate, although it's only a quarter of the season done, you know, to, to, to not really see Julio Jones really flash as, as often. The Seattle game probably was his best game, but but the combination of the play action, things like that, um, uh, we haven't seen yet. But but going back on Derrick Henry, I mean, who does it remind me of? I would say I would say somebody uh, – I would say Houston Oilers guy. Earl Campbell, big, you know, fast, and can truck through you as well, ran hard, you know. Uh, yeah, to, to, to kill, kill or be killed as well, you know. So so I like to say – I like to stick stick on the grounds over there. And, um, well, he played for the Houston Oilers. So, but, yeah, I'll say uh, I'll say, I'll say uh, Earl Campbell. He kind of reminds me of Earl Campbell. Big guys uh, can truck you, can, can, can also, you know, bless with speed as well. But but um Derrick, Derrick Henry man he's a real deal. Hopefully he's on match twenty three, uh you know sooner than later. <laughs> I mean I mean the t- the Tennessee Titans are the Houston Oilers organization so that that, that that's sure. that. okay cool I was right I knew I was right all right. <laughs> Look it, Derrick Henry he's one of those running backs who he's old school he's an old school back. Derrick Henry will run over you he'll run around you he'll, he'll stiff arm you to the ground we don't see a lot of running backs like that. Not a lot of running backs could average 100-plus yards a game anymore. It used to be normal when a lot of y'all were kids and I was kids and stuff. We're all probably around the same age. But nowadays, it's like, shoot, a running back get over 100 yards a game, you're, shoot. Elite. Yeah, that's elite. Now guys are getting 50 yards a game, 60 yards a game, 70 yards a game, and being praised. So shout-out to Derrick Henry and what he I did. I grew up watching LaDainian Thomason run the ball like crazy, man. That's what I grew up watching. See, so, so so you you already know what's up. Somebody's got to get 80 yards a game. That That's like a 100-yard game nowadays. But let's talk about MVP. Who is your MVP so far? Kylan, let's start with you. Who is your MVP so far? All right. Kyler and Josh, I, they right here for me. It's just like I can't make a decision. Uh, I think – I think that the Cardinals are going to end up having a better record uh, this season. So I think that he'll edge Josh Allen out and uh, take MVP home. But I think that five weeks in the NFL, we have a lot of MVP candidates so far. Um, Dak, um, I'm trying to think of them on the fly. Uh, Dak, Kyler, Josh, Herbert, it's just a lot of guys. But I just feel like Kyler's playing on another level right now. So I'll go with him for sure. Great pick. Sean, let's go with you next. Who is your MVP if you had to pick one right now? I hate to say it, man. I grew up hating this guy. He's, he's still doing it. At, uh, he's still doing elite level. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, Thank 44 you. years old. Tom Brady. Yes. I, I can't stand Brady, but 15 touchdowns. 15 touchdowns, um, uh, two or three interceptions, I believe. I'm not sure. I'm sure. I'm not sure on the, on the stat with the interceptions. He's definitely, and I believe, in the top five in passing yards. I mean, he just destroyed the Dolphins yesterday. Five touchdowns, no interceptions. AB, I'd say coming in to the offseason, AB is going to be the number one receiver. Give him a full offseason with Brady. They have such great chemistry. AB is going to be the number one receiver. He's looking like it so far this year. Yes, he has a plethora of weapons in Gronk. And uh, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, you know, a.k.a. as they call him. Uh, Mike Evans, you know what I mean? Chris Godwin, yes, he has a of weapons everywhere, but he still writes the shit. And I'm a Falcons fan, and we haven't ever beat Tom Brady. But you got to give him respect respect is due, man. Tom Brady, 15 touchdowns, uh, I believe only three interceptions. Um, he's, he's still doing it, man. He doesn't like he lost a step at all. And, Jansen, I'll give you, I'll give you credit. I said if Tom Brady's in the NFC – you know, NFC has always been tougher to meet total teams than the AFC. I, I feel like I feel like he might struggle more. He won the Super Bowl his first year, man. He's the GOAT. I, I ain't got nothing to say. Brady's my MVP right now. Austin, you, you seem like you're co-signing with Sean. Is he your MVP as well? Tom Brady is the league-leading MVP, and I don't think there's anybody that's close. Now, Josh Allen's playing amazing. I'm not saying he's not. But what Tom Brady has done – in year 19, or what, I don't know, what year is it? He's in year 19 or 20, I believe what it is. And what he's doing, I mean, two games with five touchdown passes. I mean, come on, that's that's just, that's amazing football. He has the he has the, the best touchdown to interception ratio of any quarterback. He has the second best passer rating. Even with that horrific 
play against his whole team in New England on that rainy Sunday night. He still is second in, in uh, passer rating. He's the best TD to interception ratio this year. And what he's doing in Tampa Bay is something special. Now, I would not be surprised if Josh Allen or Kyler Murray win it just because we all know how the MVP goes. It's the best record with with usually the best passer rating and your best TD to interception ratio. If you have those three, you're probably going to win the MVP in, in the year. But I think Tom Brady's winning it right now. I think he's playing exceptional football, and he's still slinging it. 2001 to 2021, he's still slinging it. It's great to watch. Slade. Who is your MVP right now? I hear two Tom Brady's and we're hearing Kyler Murray. Who's your MVP? You know, I don't I don't hate or disagree with the Tom Brady argument, but I do think that as sports fans and especially the people that are voting on these MVPs, as much as we love greatness, we kind of get tired of greatness. Um, it's kind of like, you know, how many MVPs should LeBron really have in the NBA? We all felt like he was been the best player for a while, but uh, and he was probably doing the most for his team. But you know, it's it's kind of a popularity contest, and we love the young guy. We love the young guy, and so I, I do think it's neck and neck with Josh Allen and Kyler Murray, but for the same reasons I said earlier, I would pick Josh Allen right now because whenever you think of the word most valuable, valuable whenever you look at Josh Allen, I don't think anybody else does as much for his team as he does for the Bills. Um, I don't think their receiving core is quite up to par with the Cardinals. I think uh, their O-line is looking good, and I think they have a good scheme. I don't think their running backs – are as good as the Cardinals running backs. Um, their defense is looking a lot better, showing a lot better job of living in the backfield. But Josh Allen does it all for that team, not only design rushes, design passes, everything. Josh Allen has looked complete this year, and I think he will continue to do that for the rest of the year. If I had to pick somebody right now, Josh Allen is my pick. My MVP right now would be – it It would be Derrick Henry, but they don't. They, people don't like running backs. They're not winning enough either. So that that's not relevant. I'm going to say Tom Brady as well, too, man. He's just the, – the old man is playing well. I don't want him to win it, but I feel like him being so great. And there is a part of the league that hates him, but there's also a part of the league that's embracing him and stuff like that. Now, Kyle, and I hear what you're saying. I love Kyle Murray. I, I prefer Kyle Murray to get it. But right now it's Tom Brady, man. I hate to say it, but Tom Brady – Perfect game, over 400 yards passing, five touchdowns against the Dolphins. He makes it look easy. And it's like I hate it, but I love it at the same time. He's just so old but still doing it. Tom Brady is so great. I don't even compare him to football players anymore. It's like, is he Jordan? Is he Bill Russell? Is he like, it's just, he's in a different atmosphere. So the way I look at Tom Brady is, man, can anybody stop this guy? I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Arizona, they, they they run the table, or the Cowboys. Somebody, please stop the Tampa Bay. Even Antonio Brown is looking great. Who would have thought? Antonio Brown basically said, NFL, kiss my behind. If I don't play, it's whatever. That's the type of vibe he was on. And now he's back scoring touchdowns. Tom Brady vouched for him, and boom, snap of a finger. He's back in the league. He's productive as ever. I thought Rob Gronkowski was washed up. He's doing his thing. It's something about Tampa Bay, man. Shaq Barrett, a sack and a half. If they get the pass rush going, they're, they're all everything's going well for them. It seems like the Chiefs have the Super Bowl hangover. I, I thought the Chiefs would be more competitive in the Bills game. Maybe they're not as good as I thought they were. But Tampa Bay, for the most part, they have the one loss, but they're 4-1. They're looking to get back. So right now, I have Tom Brady. He'll be clearly the oldest MVP of all time. It's crazy to me. He's still a starter in this league, but still playing at a high level. He's the OG. Tom Brady, to me, it's like when he retires, that TB12 diet workout thing he's doing, it's just to me, it's like, wow, like, yeah, that's that's real, bro, because this dude, he's an old man. He he. He could be some people's daddies in here, man. He could be my dad. So, <laughs> at the end of the day, man, I, I got Tom Brady. Look, like we lost Austin here, but look, it was a great week of football. Who do you guys have Monday night? Let's let's throw that out there. Monday night football coming up soon. Sean, who do you have on Monday night? Truth. Okay. 
Say no more. Kylan, Monday Night Football, who you picking? I'm from Broward County, Florida. You know who I'm going with. Absolutely. Mark Jackson, Baltimore. Slade, who are you going with, man? I like the Ravens to win it, but I also think it'll be a little bit more interesting than people think. I think the Colts will at least try to make it the game. Um, I can see the Ravens run away with it in the fourth quarter, but the Colts don't feel like they've had the game that they're supposed to. You know, we talked about them being overrated last week. That roster is, you know, we thought it was a complete defense and a good pass rush. Um, I feel like tonight they kind of had the game they're supposed to. If Carson Wentz can stay healthy, if those guys can get healthy up front, I think they can still be a decent team. I think they'll make it interesting the better part of tonight, but I think the Ravens will run away with this complete. Chris Berman would say, we're all on the Ravens, and I'm on the Ravens, too. I think the Ravens will win tonight. Lamar Jackson will make the plays. That's just outstanding. He's, he got that in him. He wants to win a championship. He sees that the Chiefs are wounded. It looks like the Chiefs and Bills in the AFC. I got the Ravens by at least 14 points. Guys, thank you for the breakdown tonight. Slade, Kylan, Sean, Austin. He's not in the room anymore, but Austin was here, too. We are sponsored by Your Future Media and the Level 1 Game Room. Guys, thanks for joining us. Can't wait till next week. Can't wait to talk about some of these 